Uh, Hi, okay. Phil. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I uh, wasn't sure if audio was on, and then I realized video wasn't on. So, do we want both or what? I don't care. I'm just going to peel the audio out. But it'd be nice to see your bright, smiley face. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, uh, and you're awful quiet. I don't know if I am or not. I'm awful what? Quiet. Quiet. Oh, as far as how much you can hear me? Yeah. Uh, I've got my volume turned all the way up. Uh, I'll bring it up closer, I guess. How's that? I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. If I don't like it, we'll just have to do it again. We'll be late. I haven't got last week's posted either, so oh well. Um, so I guess okay. we'll begin. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you see me? Okay. Yeah, I can see you. Okay. Can you still in, hear me? In, yeah, well, you're hard to hear, man. You really are. I don't know. I'm looking, trying to figure out. Hang on. Oops. Welcome to Chasing the American Dream. I'm your host, Craig Tribal. And on this podcast, contractors, farmers, ranchers, entrepreneurs, and business people of all stripes come together and discuss their journey, Chasing the American Dream. With me today is my new co-host, Mr. Phil Thurston. Thurston Ag Services. How you doing, Phil? Hey, Craig. I'm doing just fine. Well, great. You know, we've 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 had some some challenges getting this done. Uh, we had challenges, difficulties, technical difficulties in the finest tradition of technical difficulties. Yeah, technology's great when it works. Um, when it works. Yeah. So and and uh, and I'm kind of be kind of slamming two episodes here together because. We got last week's recorded, and then I took off from Minnesota to uh, go up for my my uncle's funeral. He was ninety one, so he, he lived it a long time. Sad to see him go, but you know he's he's uh, he's uh, he's at peace now. So um, yeah, <clears throat> so I had a lot of road trip time in here and uh, a lot of family time. So it's it's kind of kind of get back in the swing of things after that interruption, and right. you know I've been, I, I've been whining about the rain all day or the wind all day, and you've been reminding me that it's going to bring rain. So it is supposed to. We'll we'll see if it brings enough to to help out. It's it's just bone dry out there. It's terrible. Um. And uh, so we wrapped up last week's episode, discuss, you know, we brought up the need to discuss on-farm research. You know, how, how do you try new things and not mess yourself up? How do you try new things so you can actually learn if it's a good thing or not? Um, right. Um, the importance of doing that, you know, we both have a pretty deep background in, in ag, not only in terms of university education, but practical experience. Um, right. Either doing, you know, consulting work or coordinating farm management programs at vocational centers, different things like that. And, you know, change is scary. And when someone like us shows up at your 
pitch a farm or you meet us at a trade show and we talk about doing things maybe differently or, you know, using some things that you've not really experienced before, you know, how do you, how do you really find out if, if this is the right answer for you? And well, that's change, where, change can that's, be scary for small business owners, small, you know, uh, farmers, ranchers in the small business category, uh, small businesses in town changes in their operations can be scary. But the the real uh, brunt of the burden of making a change is change can be expensive. And yeah. so we don't want to invest or spend money on making a change that doesn't work for us. In other words, uh, if we're trying to save money by making a change and it doesn't save us money, then we wonder why did we bother? If it was supposed to make us additional income, uh, the change was, uh, and then it doesn't make us extra income, then we we begin to question. It's like, well, why did we bother? Why didn't that work? And and we need answers to some of those questions. Well, yeah, and I'll, and I'll, I'll point to university research. You know, if you're doing field research out there, doing a, you know, doing a replicated trial. Uh, within a field, doing a replicated trial that's that's in different locations, and then replicating it over multiple years. So you know, at the end of the day, you come up with that that statistical analysis that says, yeah, we're ninety-five years out of a hundred. This is so, and and you know, actually doing that's really tough, especially you know with with field crops because there's just so much variation from year to year just in the weather that, that it sure. gets difficult i mean i always see a study somewhere where there's an asterisk and it's like yeah we hit you know we had a flood this year we had a, you know abnormally huge amounts of rain or this year be dry weather um, right you know there's there's always that asterisk in there um well, keeping Something. the discussion focused on farming you know just in a in what could be considered normal years uh you know one normal year to another normal year and yet we have a difference in yield and it's like okay if both years were was supposedly normal why do we have a difference in yield well rainfall was about the same but the timing was a little different right or or maybe rainfall was about the same and the timing was kind of the same but insect pressure was a lot different Correct. And, yeah. and then there's the whole interaction between all those variables, and that's just mentioning a couple of things. Yeah, there, it's it's a very complex and dynamic world we live in, and and getting things. You know, I, I you know I took a lot of ag econ when I was in college, and you know there's that basically we're we're doing a retrospective study and we're looking at changing one thing. You know, everything else being held equal. I don't know outside of a research study where everything else has been held the same. It's, it's, it's never, never, it's, it's, you know, things are always off and always different. So from a, from a practical point of view in farming, uh, whether you're working with livestock or whether you're working with uh, crops or whatever, I mean, you, you need to make sure you're setting some boundaries on what you're trying to accomplish. You only want to change the one thing. Right. Um, and you want to do it in a manner that you can tell, yes, I've changed the one thing. 
and and it's actually in the target group. And and I'll I'll kind of speak to my bread, you know, my past in the dairy industry where. You know, we'd have some product or something we'd want to try to, you know, hopefully increase production on the cattle, and and you'd have a nutritionist sitting there going, "Well, okay, let's let's go try it on these on these heifers." And I'd always kind of look at them, and it's kind of like, "Really, heifers don't give milk; cows give milk." I I, I want to try it with, you know, the cows. We can we can pick a group. We can we can you know randomize them. We can do whatever we need to do. And we can, you know, we can feed this product there and compare that to the others. And it was always yeah. interesting to me how, how, how we're paying these consultants money. And, you know, you want to try something new. And they're kind of like, hey, you know, uh, you know, waffle around on you. And then they're trying to set up a trial for you that's, that's destined to fail. I mean, that's, that's the one thing you got to make sure is as you're setting this up, you know, is it best in the field to fail? Right. right. You know, when we go up to a, to a farmer and, and we say, hey, you know, you want to try the agro-advantage system, we've got some products that anybody can use on the field. We have what we call some low-hanging fruit that anybody can, can try and get a feel for how well these products work. You know, yeah. and basically start answering, is this a legit company? And are these legitimate products? The other piece to that is I'll always tell them, they always look at me funny when I tell them, don't treat the whole field. Leave a check strip out there. You know, don't don't do the whole thing. Leave leave an area untreated so you can compare that to you know the treated side of it. And well, that, and this points out. It, this points out some of the major points I think we want to bring out with the whole idea of on-farm testing, which is, uh, you know, you've already mentioned we should only change one thing at a time in right. in our farming, in our cropping. Uh, okay, so if we're only going to make one change, and then just like you just said, uh, we need we need to monitor, uh, we need to look at. Uh, what's the difference in making that change and not making that change in the same field? Not right. two different fields. Yes, they should be comparable if they're right next to each other. Okay. But it's much, much better if we divide well, one field into, into uh, you know, the new treatment versus what we've always done before and keep it as simple as just that, a direct comparison. And Some this of those are the are the the most important things to do when it's the first time you've tried this. Yeah, and something else I'll add to: do not pick your worst field. Right. Do not necessarily pick your field with with the most variation in it. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, there's there's always that odd piece that's got all kinds. You know, got 27 different soil types and five feet or something goofy like that. The big ditch and soil and Oh, there's a concrete plant and everything else. Don't don't shoot yourself in the foot by picking the worst field or the or the biggest variation, even though that may be the problem you're trying to solve. You're trying to solve that problem, yes, but you need to do it in a manner that's that's rational and it's gonna gonna tell you this. Well, we need this, we need to have we need to have a separate 
we need to have two separate discussions. In other words, it's like, okay, are we wanting our own on-farm comparison of a new uh, product to use in our cropping, or are we actually trying to fix a field? Those are two separate right. issues. We right. don't want to combine. We don't want to combine those two at the same time because now we violated that most basic rule we started with, which is, hey, only make one change at a time. The other, the other point you just made relates back to what you said earlier, which would be this: when you're picking a field, picking an area to to try something. Okay, uh, just like you mentioned, some consultants uh, maybe wanted to try a different ration uh, in a dairy situation on a bunch of heifers. And you said, no, I don't want to do it on heifers. I want to do it on the cows. Well, why is that? Well, heifers are new, under development. They're immature. They're not in production. Okay. The cows in the herd actually milking, they're mature. They're in production. We know what their production has been. And we have a way of seeing if their production changes. And by the same yeah. token, in a field situation, we don't want to try something new uh, wholesale, uh, on a field that we just bought. Right. We don't have experience with that field. We don't know what that <laughs> field normally does. Let's talk about one of our fields that we know what it normally does because we've farmed it for years. It's a, it's a good field. Maybe it's not our best, but it's certainly not our worst, like you mentioned. But in other words, we have some history with it. Uh, the biggest point being, do we know what it normally yields? Do we know what it yields when it's worst? Do we know what it yields when it's best? Uh, in other words, some production history and some record there. And that's some important information to have if you're trying to make a consideration of choosing a new a new product or a new technique to do the to do the farming with. You know, where have you been? Have you been at 20 bushels an acre wheat? Have you been at 30 bushels an acre wheat? Or have you been producing 50 bushels an acre wheat? Uh, because in other words, it makes a difference on uh, the results you get when you do try something new and have a comparison in the field. What do you expect is the point. Right. Well, yeah, and, and I will add a caveat to what you just said. You know, everyone... I mean, we run into this a lot as we're out talking to producers. You and I both know this, that, you know, we'll get an extremely unrealistic yield goal. We'll get, uh, you know, they'll hand us a whole pile of problems and expect us to be able to work a miracle. And that's not what we're about. I mean. We're, we're about, you know, as, we well as, solve all, as well as solve all the problems at once. Yeah, and, can be and, can be unrealistic. And, and I'll be honest, when I get into those situations, I mean, I'm always listening and talking and getting feel for these guys. And, and uh, you know, there, there's, there are times when these conversations, I mean, it's kind of give you the screaming willies, and you want to run away. It's kind of like, no, 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 no. We, you know, so so managing your expectations right up front. I mean, that's our job is is being very clear about what we can, we can't do. We can't bring the dead back to life. Um, we've had some experience with that, um, you know, um, there's, there's, uh, you know, there, there's some, some, you gotta be careful about managing your expectations. I would say though, I would not be afraid about going to my best field and trying something new because if it does have a significant return on investment, that's where it's going to have the biggest impact in your cash flow 
you know, there's profitability difference between your fields and you need to be looking at that. What, you know, what am I doing on this field? What's it yielding? What's it returning? You know, versus what am I doing? My best ground or my worst ground? Um, and, you know, if you're not, if you're looking at your best ground, your worst ground, in, in some other term besides dollars and cents, you need to recalibrate that, get back to dollars and cents. <laughs> and you need to, uh, you need to understand that the higher, you know, the higher producing things, you may get a lot bigger return on your investment there just simply because it is higher yielding. Right. So, well, so of that's, course that's, that's what we would expect. That's what we would hope for. Uh, you know, most people are still probably going to have most of their acres in what they just call their average or normal crop ground. In other words, yeah. they refer to their best field because it's an outlier. It, it is better than the rest. And right. they have their worst field, which is an outlier because it's not as good, not as productive yeah. as the rest. So, you know, in other words, nothing wrong with trying it on the best field because that is a productive part. Uh, but, you know, the, the normal or average field is a good place to do a lot of comparisons uh, that we're talking like we're talking about. Simply yeah. because we're going to rep that's going to represent the the majority of your acres, uh, right. which is probably going to which is probably going to have the biggest bearing on uh, you know hey is this a is this a new product is this a new technique or a new way of farming this particular crop for me uh, that actually improves my income, not just improves my yield that's a that's a measure uh, we want to use but in other words the point being is it actually improved my income my profitability. Yes. Um the, the other thing, too, when you lay out your trial, we talk about doing check strip out there so you can compare treated to untreated. But you also don't, don't do the whole field. But you also need to make sure you do that in a way that you're not going to confirm in-field variation in the soil types. And I think sure. I talked about that before, but I'm going I'm to go back and stress that. And this, this comes out for us when we're doing field days. Where we're we're sitting down with you know here's here's some rows that we've used wex on and just wex and nothing but wex, uh, you know here's some where we've used the plant cross regulator or here's you know here's I mean there's a very specific way we lay out that plot that demonstration plot to demonstrate these different products where we have uh, an untreated we have our treated rows. Again, we have untreated. We move to the next product, untreated, the next product or the next combination. And, and eventually as you move across those, those uh, product demonstrations, you finally get down to uh, on the end where you'll have what I will call the full meal deal. You know, everything that is appropriate for that crop in that field has been done to those particular rows. Now, right. that sounds really groovy and cool, but you also need to make sure that where you're not treating, you're doing it in the conventional, normal way you would do it. Right. All right, because we don't want to demonstrate that something is better than nothing. We want to compare... Um, you know, here here's our normal methodology. You know, we've yeah. used in this area. 
right. if all you've ever done is dry broadcast spread fertilizer, uh, that's at the full rate. That's what is one part of the comparison uh, versus, and then whatever the treatment might be. In other words, liquid starter fertilizer in furrow uh, with dry spread is only part of the fertilizer. So in other words, that that's uh, the two things. But in other words, the, the part of the field that you do traditionally needs, just like you've always done, all of the dry spread fertilizer, you can't shortchange yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah don't, don't be shortchanging out there. That's that's the point. And, yeah. and you also want to lay, you know, when we lay those demonstration plots out, we want to lay it on a very consistent uh, soil type, uh, whatever the majority is in that field, because we don't want to prove in field variation. We don't, we want the same, right. you know, to right. be the same height, the same levelness, to, you know. Right. You know, yeah, it's, not, the, it's not fair to try liquid fertilizer when all you've ever done before is dry broadcast and you use the liquid only on the hilly slopes that always erode the most. Thinking, right. well, it's supposed to be such good stuff. I'll use it there because that's the part of the field that needs the most improvement. It's like, well, that might be true, but it doesn't necessarily make a good comparison <laughs> or on right. farm experiment to see how much difference liquid can make for you. Uh, liquid starter or otherwise uh, compared to just simply dry broadcast. So, yeah. And, and another thing to, to think about too is what are my expectations? I mean, we talk about yield goal and, and you know, fixing problems and that sort of things, but <clears throat> the, uh, the, the expectation of I'm not a university researcher, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on on my farm. And I understand that the university, if I'm going to publish this in, in, in a journal, I need to have a 95% confidence level with what I'm doing. I need to, you know, I have all my materials and methods so someone else can go replicate this study and, uh, you know, we can come to a consensus. That That's great for, for university research. That's what they need to do. That's their job. That's what we expect out of them. I'm in yeah. business. I'm, I'm sitting out here doing my thing. I'm looking for my edge on my operation that fits with my time, my money, my machinery, you know, my, my setup. Um, and quite frankly, I'm happy if it works seven years out of 10. Sure. To be honest, there's been times in my life where, you know, I'll take, a, I'll take a 60, 40 shot. You know, if it works six years out of 10 and the other four years, don't cost me more than what I'm making. That's a win. Right. Exactly. You know, that that's exactly. a win. I mean, that's you know, quit quit thinking about home runs. Start thinking about runners batted in. That's what wins ball games. You know, right. right. Every little bit counts. You know, if I if I make five dollars more today than I, than I did yesterday or a year ago today, that's a win. I got five dollars more. And I think in this economy, with all the challenges we've got facing us, we need to be thinking out of the box. We need to be trying new things, but we need to do it in a way that's safe. And it genuinely tells us, yep, this is the right track for me, or nope, this is not. Right. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's a good point, a good way to bring out uh, one, of the, one of the thoughts we started with, which is... Uh, you know, we, we've hammered on, you know, make one change at a time pretty heavily, but uh, the other side of this is, and you, you 
harped on this a little bit a minute ago, saying uh, something about how research plots are done. And that's really not what we're trying to do, as you said, with, with on-farm research. Uh, we're not trying to do a research study uh, at university level or, or published paper. We really, if you haven't done this before, we really just want a simple comparison yeah. on, on a limited area, actually. Uh, yes, if, you can, if you feel confident enough to do uh, uh, half a field with the new treatment and the other half of the field, uh, everything just like you've always done before, that's great. But in other words, just that simple, uh, just that straightforward. Uh, because in other words, if you've not done this before, hey, having four replicated plots across the field and where are they and how big are they and are they marked and measured and everything else just becomes a huge, huge headache. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is a difference too, if you're a large operator with a lot of labor, uh, a lot of people uh, at your disposal as far as running equipment, uh, you know, maybe replicated plots aren't such a big deal. But uh, a lot of a lot of guys are out here uh, farming uh, essentially alone or very nearly alone. Maybe some uh, seasonal help, or or maybe just one or two people that help uh, uh, through the year as far as doing the farm work. And and the the labor available, the time available is a little bit more limiting. And so again, uh, a lot of times if you're just starting out, we really just want to talk about something as simple as just a comparison, part of the field with a new treatment part just like we've always done it and let's start and that, there that that is so true i mean you really have to keep it simple use the kiss method keep it simple stupid i mean just don't overcomplicate it don't you know you're yeah. not going to publish this you don't you know you're just going to try something on an area in the field where you can do a simple comparison yes or no and if you want to run it two or three years great um, if, if, if you just want to try it one year and, and okay, awesome. I mean, there's, there's, um, uh, you know, well, but the, way to, give, the way to get carried it. away with it is, you know, is do a simple comparison and, and instead of, uh, doing it two or three years, maybe do it on two or three fields, but it's still just that same simple comparison. This part of the field, yeah. uh, same as always, this part of the field had the new treatment and nothing more than that. And like say, maybe if you wanna get to a really uh, good answer for yourself the first year, then maybe you do, do do the comparison across two or three different fields, but still keeping it just as simple as that. I mean, the fact of the matter is to do replicated trials like we've, we're, we're comparing to as far as university studies go, uh, you got to have uh, you got to have measuring equipment. You got to have scales or, or hopper weights uh, uh, to to actually check the yield from those plots versus the rest of the field. That in itself, uh, it, it just on a practical sense, a lot of us don't have that equipment to to do right. small batch weighs weighings of uh, how much grain came off that few acres. Now you know half a field does one thing, half a field does another. Hey, most of us can kind of keep up with that to within a few bushel. Right. Now, something I will throw out out there, uh, Bex is a hybrid, their seed company, um, and they do a lot. They've got multiple locations. I'm not entirely sure the whole setup they've got, but they they do research on those farms and, they, and they're, they're kind of doing, I would almost call it the consumer report version 
for ag where where yeah. it's uh, you know they're they're checking it out and they have a, a Bex proven stamp they put on something that if it generates a significant return on investment, um, and I'm not sure quite or positive return on investment. That's that's the correct word, not significant, positive. In other words, if this pays. And if it pays three years in a row, well, it gets to the Bank's PFR, uh, Proven Farm Research stamp. You know, this is Bank's Proven. We've mm-hmm. got, I believe, five products that have been awarded or, you know, have earned that PFR Proven stamp. Sure. Um, and, you know, they have a significant return. Not only do they have a positive return on investment, it's a pretty impressive return on investment. I mean, these these things really do pay off. Um, so there's there are tools like that you can look at out right. there. So um, and I boy, I don't know. I can't even remember how to go find that. That's Bex uh, Proven Farm Research. Uh, if you Google that, around, you can find it. And they're looking at all sorts of things, not just you know, inputs and herbicides and insecticides. They're looking at tillage tools and methods and things like that as well. There's, right. it's, a, it's a pretty thick report if you you pull it down. And you can go through there and look. Um, and, of course, you know, we're more happy to sample literature than somebody. Oh, yeah, here you go. But, but it is a real thing. And you, need to, you need to not, you know, Yes, you need to rely on the university studies, but you need to remember they're they're working ninety five years out of a hundred because they're doing science. Uh, sure. We're doing business. we're doing money, and like I said, seven years out of ten maybe maybe the sweet spot for us. Sure, um, you know it, it wouldn't pass muster for 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 research, you know university research, but from a business point of view, hey, it, it pays off. Right. So. Um, well, and for farm research, I mean, there's there's a point that, that I think uh, we want people to keep in mind, which is this. Um, there, are, there are a lot of products out there in the marketplace today, probably as many as has ever been the case. But if you, if you do just a little bit of due diligence in <clears throat> researching uh, any company's product and and find out what is what are their claims? What are their claims that the product does? How how does their product supposedly do this? And and is anybody saying yes? They've tried the product and this was the results they got. So in other words, determine that you've got a, a, a reputable company and a, and, a, and a product that does work. Because really the question we're trying to get down to an answer with on-farm research, our own farm research is, does it work for me? Yes. Now, I will caution people about one thing on our Google search. I would be very careful about the internet chat forums. Um, there's a lot of them out there. And you know, I'm as guilty as anybody else looking at them. And you have to be careful about doing that because... You got people that, I mean, it's just their life. They just live on the keyboard warriors, you know, the keyboard farmers that are out there just, you know, doing, you know, they, they have an agenda. They have uh, a gripe, a grudge, uh, whatever. They're, you know, it's not nearly as objective 
as people think it is. And and I can remember when the idea that um, you know crowdsourcing came about. Well, we can crowdsource this information. And and when I when I heard crowdsourcing, I remember an old old guy telling me one time when I was young, really young, to start out in life. He said, "You got to remember, broke plus broke equals broke." And I was kind of like, "What do you mean?" And, and he said, well, you know, it was, we're talking about, it was talking about a cooperative venture. And you see, all these guys are broke and they're all forming this co-op and they're trying to do, to do this, this big business venture. And he said, they got no flipping money and, and broke plus broke equals broke. And so when I looked, you know, when I started going out on the, on the, you know, the internet forums and asking questions and chatting around, you know, all of a sudden I began to realize the crowdsourcing sometimes it's just an amplification of idiocy and groupthink and you're trying to solve a problem you're not trying to, to be reassured that yes um you know doing things the same way as my neighbors is the right way to go <laughs> um, uh, you know you're you're hitting all around you know what what most of us you know know but occasionally have to be reminded of or remind ourselves of which is uh you know Things are normally done in a certain way because, well, uh, maybe it's because that's what generally works. Uh, does everybody uh, does everybody agree that's the way to do it? Uh, well, sometimes that's true, but that doesn't necessarily means mean that that is the way to get the best possible results today. Yeah. Uh, can can a large number of people be wrong or uninformed? Uh, about something yes that is entirely possible uh, yes. and, and so we're we're trying to sidestep some of those issues uh, yes. that's again to bring it back to why why bother doing our own on-farm testing well uh, to to eliminate two two situations one is you know to get away from the advertising and the groups uh, of folks who maybe have an opinion that says oh that's not a good product or that doesn't work uh, for whatever their reasons are, doesn't matter. They just are against it. Uh, let's sidestep that issue and see if it works for us, uh, which was the point we were trying to get, get to in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, you've got, you've got to think outside the box, and you've got to do it in a manner that's, that's truly informative. And... You know, if you're if you're def desperately afraid of what the neighbors think, well, go pick a spot somewhere where the neighbors can't see it. Sure. Um, you know, if if you're like me, I'm uh, I don't care. My neighbors all think I'm crazy anyway, so that's fine. Um, right. I'll continue to be crazy. Um, you know, it's you know people have different sensitivities there, but but you need to you need to try things. Because the other aspect too is there's there's the logistics of how am I going to do this? Sure, I've got you know sometimes you can have a great product that's priced right and has a tremendous response until you get into logistics of applying it and then you realize oh this is a total disaster and I'm losing my butt. Been there, done that, had the t-shirt, um, and it's because. You know, the sales literature and the presentation was so good and, and it excluded all these little situational realities of my particular farm. Right. So I mean, we just finished up a podcast on setting up a grain drill or a planter with a fluid kit. I mean, that's that's some hardware, that's some some mechanicing going on there that, 
you really don't want to spend that money and do that work unless you're pretty sure it's going to pay off. Exactly. Um, you know, and, so. it's un- and it's unrealistic to expect uh, to make no investment in new equipment or new product and yet suddenly get better yields. What, what we're trying to address is uh, let's, not, let's not make huge investments on something we don't know how much it's going to benefit us in our situation. Yeah. Let's let's be rational about what we're doing. Let's uh, let's be rational. Let's be practical, and and let's realize you know we're talking about changing a little bit of what we do, which may involve you know purchasing a little bit of equipment. But let's try and keep that let's try and keep that reasonable uh, as far as the investment uh, until we know until we know better. Uh, how does it work for us? How well does it work for us? What are the results of it working for us? You know, uh, if it increases things a dollar an acre profitability, well, that's something. Is that enough to pay for a big change in equipment? Possibly not. Uh, $10 an acre, $100 an acre. Uh, those are those are figures that are more, uh, uh, more uh, important as far as what our next move is. Right. You know, if we if we can reduce your input cost ten percent, mm-hmm. and we can increase your yields ten percent, that's huge. Well, that's a net, that's a net net twenty percent change, and that's not unheard of in our deal. That's that's pretty normal actually. And, and the you know one of the other issues that that we don't really talk about very much, but but really is what I think is in the back of the minds of a lot of people out here, a lot of farmers is the university says this is worth a two to 3% improvement in yield. And if you're a wheat farmer, it's like, well, two or 3%. Okay. That's a, that's maybe a, a bushel or two of grain. Well, what's that worth? Well, traditionally that's not worth too many dollars. Right. So if it requires a real change in equipment, to get that two or three percent improvement, uh, how well does that work out for you? Well, maybe it does work out over time, uh, but it's not something you're necessarily going to go rushing towards. But just like you just said, the example is, hey, maybe we cut some input costs, maybe we increase yield, and the combination of the two uh, is such that, okay, we know enough now about how this impacts our farming operation that next year, uh, yeah, we're doing it we're doing it entirely. We're doing yeah, it we're all doing, over the time. Yeah, we're doing more and more. Yeah, and I, and I, I want to add something about your percentage. I'm going to go back to the, to the cow world here a little bit. You know, you got to remember 100 cows, 1% of 100 cows is one cow. Yes. You know, so, um, you know, when you get into cents per head per day or numbers like that, you know, you always have to go back and figure out you know what is it? What is the grand sum here? I'm talking about. You right. know, I got a hundred cows, and we got twenty five. You know, we got you know a dollar a day. Well, that's a hundred dollars, right? And there's three hundred and sixty five days in a year. So, so there's my there's my net, there's my gross. You sure. know, what am I? What am I? What's what's it going to cost me to make that extra month? Uh, right. In terms of time, effort, labor, investment, you know that sort of thing. Right. Um, you know, it's uh, 
And we'll, as we go on, we'll talk more about return on investment on some of these products. I don't have them at the at my fingertips, uh, but we can certainly get that information where we can tell you nationally, all farms, you know, this is what our growers are reporting in terms of a particular product, you know, what kind of response they're seeing. Um, next, next podcast episode, we're getting to that season where we need to start talking about our pro ag, uh, trainings, mm-hmm. uh, the two day agronomy trainings and our programs, educational, whatever. I mean, if you're, if you're a dealer, like I'm working with other dealers, it's a training. You need to go, if you're going to be in this business, you better be there. You better pay attention. You better take good notes. If you're a producer and you just buy products, it's an educational program and you really should go because it's really beneficial. So we'll talk about that next episode. Um, and we'll see you then. So if you're curious about us or what's going on, uh, betterfarmcrops.com. Just go there. It's a simple landing page with a form to fill out and fill out that form and and uh, it'll hit the system and we'll we'll figure it out and talk to you. So with that, Phil, I will bid you adieu. There we go. Good night. All right. Good night.